so Jocelyn always likes to know what I'm drinking. So I am drinking High West Double Rye. Ooh, is it tasty? Mm-hmm. I have not found anything at High West that I don't like. Like, it's all just really, really good. Um, so that voice you all heard is Mr. Cassidy Ward. Hello. Um, Cass has been a big shiny robot contributor and editor for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, I think in uh, September it'll be three years. Very nice. It feels like longer, but everything does. Um, and well, let's see, you're also an author of, do you do like sci-fi or what, what kind of books do you write? Um, well, the first thing I wrote, which will never, ever see the light of day was like a children's fantasy, um, sort of along the lines of like, you know, Harry Potter and stuff. I was, it was the first thing I ever wrote. I was young and kind of, that seemed like the thing to do. Um, after that, I did a horror book that's sort of like a weird zombie story where the main character is a zombie, kind of, I guess, along the same lines as, like, Warm Bodies, but way better. Okay. <laughs> um, and then uh, the thing I'm working on right now is another horror story um, about a dude who gets a teratoma, which is like a kind of tumor that contains complex tissues like eyeballs and teeth and brain tissue and whatnot. And it starts talking to him in his head. Oh, that sounds pretty awesome. And then then I'm also working on a sci-fi story. Nice. So yeah, different stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Do you put your stuff anywhere? You put. You also write for what? Science Weekly. Uh, No, there's a. a, It's sort of a new science site called All for Science. Um, So yeah, I write for them. I've written for a few different science pages, um, just like Facebook pages that have come and gone. So that's where I'm putting my science stuff right now. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, so welcome. Um, we can also, what it's your Twitter is at Cassidy Ward. Yep. And, um, recently your imager account got a lot of attention. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know if I would say like a lot, a lot, but it did hit front page. I saw that today, uh, a few hours ago, it had, uh, almost 16,000 views. Yeah, just about, I just checked it and it's right around there. Nice. I mean, it's pretty impressive. For something that you That's, spent, what, like 30 seconds on? Yeah, a couple of minutes tops. Yeah. So why don't, you, why don't you tell everybody that story of what you did? So I'm sure everyone's familiar with those, like, Bork Bork heck memes that have been going around lately. Um, I don't know why. They're, they're totally, like, low-rent, silly sort of entertainment. But for some reason, we've really sort of been captured by them recently. Uh, here at my place, me and my partner have been sort of passing them back and forth. Um, so on Saturday morning, I woke up early, but was like totally not ready to be a part of the world yet. So I just laid in bed and, and started a, a turned on undiscovered country and was just laying in bed, sort of half awake, watching Star Trek and browsing Imager because it's 2016 and one screen's never enough, you know? <laughs> um so we were just kind of chatting and it just kind of popped into my head, you know, Bork, Bork and Borg. Uh, so I leaned over to her and I'm like, man, someone should make one of those Bork, Bork memes, but like with Picard and the Borg and like Borg, Borg. And she was like, you're someone you should do it. So I just hopped online, found a, you know, I typed in Picard Borg. Um, it was mostly Lacutus images, but then I found an image where he looked kind of, you know, frightened, mm-hmm. uh, 
threw it into an app and just threw up, you know, Borg Borg and the stop, you're doing me a frightened thing and threw it up on Imager. Um, and then as I want to do, compulsively checked it for the next couple hours to see if people were giving me the attention that I thought I, it was warranted. Well, that's what you do. You upload something and then you're like, oh, did I, did I get points? Did I get karma? Do people right. like me? Yeah, validate me, strangers on the internet. <laughs> And then, because um, I saw, so I saw you post it, and I saw you say something about it. Like, here's this little thing I made. And then a little bit later, I logged into Facebook, and I saw that um, Corey Hoekstra um, from Watchtower Cafe had posted it. And I was thinking, I wonder if she knows that's Cassidy's. Yeah, I spoke to her, and she thought it was just like a meme I found and shared. Um, you know, and it it was weird because. Like I said, I kept checking it, and it wasn't. It was still stuck in user sub. wasn't getting very many views at all. Um, and I sort of started to think, like, oh, like with most things I post, it's just gonna sort of get buried. Um, and then something weird happened. Uh, a buddy of mine, actually, the editor of the science page that I write for, he posted in like basically the writers group. Um, every day he's, he does an open post that's like not science related, where people can just talk about whatever. And the image he used for the open post was the Borg Borg. And so I just, I messaged him and was like, oh, cool, you used my image. And he was like, wait a minute, that's yours? And I was like, yeah, I made it a couple hours ago. And he told me that he had found it on a friend of his, uh, his page, someone that I don't know. And that's kind of when I was like, well, this is, this is weird. Like, it's weird that I'm starting to see it from other sources while my post on Imager has like, you know, 30 points, like it hasn't gone anywhere. So basically it had gone from something you did like half awake to something that people you didn't know were sharing and it was getting like, it had Kevin Bacon you already. Right. Yeah. And, and it was, and, and it kind of hurt because I saw this guy's post. I sort of, you know, Facebook stalked him and found the guy that he had shared it from. And his post had like, you know, like 98 shares or something. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, my thing has gone nowhere and this guy basically took it and is getting way more traffic out of it. Um, and that's kind of when I thought like, man, I should have, I should have put my name on it or something like some way that, that it could be traced back to me, even if someone just copied it and posted it elsewhere. Right. I am, I'm honestly, I'm waiting for it to show up somewhere else with somebody else's watermark on it. Like, I guarantee it's going to show up on Nine Gag with someone else's water with their watermark. Right. Yeah, it's it's. Right. I, it just didn't even occur to me to sort of tag it with anything. Well, and I mean, what would you tag it with? I don't know. In retrospect, I thought like, oh, maybe I'd throw my Twitter handle on the bottom of it or something, just so it had my name on it. Right, and so, I mean, who owns who owns Dank Memes? Well, that's the question, right? Um, and that's sort of, you know, I, I thought quite a bit about it that day. Um, and I posted something on Big Shiny Robot, sort of just my meandering thoughts about who owns content on the internet. Um, especially, you know, things as sort of shallow as memes. Um, and the question is, I guess, do they belong to the people who create them or do they belong to the internet collectively? Or do they belong to Paramount? Because technically, you took an image you have no rights to and made it sure, into an internet. Sure, absolutely. Meme. Yeah, I, I, 
it definitely that... took someone else's content and, and modified it. Yeah, and that's where I think it's just a weird, a weird subject because literally we have anything at our fingertips, absolutely anything. We can get any image we want um, and modify it easily. I mean, it took. I mean, you threw it into an app and added some text and then re-uploaded it elsewhere, and it takes on a new life. Yeah, it's um, it, it's weird. It's like opening Pandora's box. This thing gets out, and it absolutely just takes on a mind of its own. Um, and you can't really control what happens to content. And that's, I guess, what I really learned is like once you put something up on the internet, whether you think you own it or not, you you really don't. Like it's you can't control what happens to it, what people do with it, and even if it, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like super upset because I'm not. It's 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 not like the piece of art that I'm you know most proud of or connected to. Um, but e- even if it was and i was upset like what do you do about it right it's there's nothing you can do i mean it's i think it just probably puts a new lens on an issue that you've done before because i mean even like with big shiny robot whenever we put an image on a post we don't usually own the rights to those images i mean we're not using images from the ap wire we're not using editorial use images we're just like uh we're gonna write a story about this thing and stick an image in it So, I mean, to me, it's kind of the internet rules have just gotten so fast and loose and there's not a lot people are going to do about it. Right. Well, and that's, I think we, I was just going to say, I think that's sort of the issue is that we're so used to, you know, we've gotten to the point where we get content, so much content so quickly that I guess we don't value it as much as we maybe did before when you had to pay for everything and you had to sort of go out of your way to get something and so you do sort of feel like everything that comes into into view, anything you stumble upon is yours to do with whatever you want. Uh, have you, there's a little web comic and it's uh, two little stick figures and one walks up to the other and it says, I made this. And so stick figure A says, I made this. Stick figure B says, you made this? And then it's just an, uh, a panel of stick figure B and it says, I made this. And it's like this instant oh, you made this thing? Well, now it's mine. I yeah, own this yeah, now. I've, I've seen and, it, and it's funny that you mentioned that because when I found the guy who took the image, and I actually asked him, I said, where did you find this? And he said, oh, I'm a user sub lurker. So he was one of the, like, 30 people who happened to have seen it. You know, it's weird that we had this connection through a mutual friend, but he saw it and, you know, copied it onto his computer and reposted it. And so on his post, I commented, I made this, and he replied, I stealed this. So it was kind of like a real life, yeah. uh, uh, you know, exactly that web comment. Exactly. And it's, it's funny cause so he was in the user sub and all, all he had to do was take the imager link, but instead he downloaded it and then uploaded it right. himself. Exactly. So it's really easy to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. It's, it's not difficult. I mean, at even all. over, even over something as silly as a meme, it's really easy to do. Um, few years ago i used to tumblr and i followed a few artists and one of them had a picture of a girl um that he'd drawn of her like uh with two popsicles and it was very obvious that they're supposed to be dicks and it got reposted all the time and he would always get super angry like 
you know, credit me. It's easy. This is my image. Like people just chop out their watermarks or people even, uh, like paste out their watermarks. Like they will, they were Photoshop out watermarks to repost an image. And it's just, it's kind of mind boggling to me that somebody would take something they find and go through the effort to Photoshop out a watermark so that they can avoid giving credit to the person that created it. It just blows me away that somebody would go through yeah, that. Yeah, well, effort. I mean, it's one thing to sort of copy it and repost it as is and just not actively give credit, but to intentionally remove a watermark so as to actively avoid giving credit. Yeah, that's a, a whole other level of deceit. Yeah, and that's. That's what's always bugged me that um, that Nine Gag does is they will r- remove people's watermarks and paste their own on top of them, and it's like a whole it's a whole website that you know it's a they make money from ad revenue and things like that, and they're just stealing content and rehosting it and removing people's watermarks. And I mean, a lot of it isn't um, it's you know original content in the terms of yours was original content. You took a piece of pop culture and added something to it so i guess um oh what would you call that uh my my copyright law knowledge is failing me right now um i guess it could be satire it could be um fair use um it just varies but i mean easily paramount could just send a dmca to anybody and get that taken down sure i mean in the in the realm of like me the guy who copied and posted it and Paramount, they would absolutely win the like ownership claim. Right. And I think it's just, there's no point. Um, there's, I can't remember. We just, my, my work itself has like, I think we do like 12,000 takedown notices a week for our content. And I mean, it, this is, people spending hours and hours like hundreds of hours creating courses to teach people and it gets pirated the day we post it and so we have a piracy team that sits and sends takedown notices and you know tries to take care of it it's a it's a battle that they'll never win but they still do it and um so like nobody has the time to do that and people try to automate it did you hear about um on youtube so somebody posted um some old video game footage they were playing um uh, an original nintendo basketball game and family guy did an episode two weeks ago and they used that guy's footage he was doing like a trick shot where he was sinking all the threes and like peter's beating cleveland so badly that it's ridiculous and um once that episode went up youtube took down the original video so family guy stole this guy's original video and YouTube started issuing takedown notices because uh, they thought it was part of a copyrighted Family Guy episode. Oh, so it's like uh, like someone else took it, used it, they got more visibility. So the assumption was that they owned it, and that and the, the previous owner ended up feeling the the negative effects of that. Um, yeah, it was something with just no videos. And so what the thing is is YouTube uses a algorithm. So it's no humans involved. And so they issue false copyright notices all the time. Like uh, Fox and Family Guy have no rights to that whatsoever. I mean, technically, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo could make a case that they have the rights. But yeah, it's, it gets taken off the internet. And the guy has like hardly any recourse. Like Getting stuff put back on YouTube is 
an arduous task. Yeah, it reminds me of um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a piece about Candy Crush. Um, and in researching mm. it, I found out that there was a guy, just an independent developer, who created a game very, very similar to Candy Crush, which, I mean, if we're all being honest, is just bejeweled with different imagery. Right. right? Right. I remember that article that you wrote. I very, very yeah, much remember it's, it's that. It's a very similar situation where he created a game, uh, King Games, basically made a clone of it, but they're such a, you know, they're, they're a much bigger company. And basically because of their legal powers, they were able to sort of overwhelm him and take this thing that he had created. And there wasn't really much recourse that he had. Yeah, they just created bigger visibility and had more money behind it. So what's he going to do? Right. And then I, you know, I saw plenty of comments online of people accusing the original guy of copying Candy Crush. And it's like, you know, there's it's to be expected when something else has so much more visibility. They're they're going to win in like the court of public opinion every time. Right. And. Yeah, it's so difficult to prove ownership of something. Like, unless you have, like, you know, I submitted it to the App Store, here's the dates, and here's, you know, you you need proof that can't be manipulated. Um, you know, people try to use, like, well, I posted it on Facebook, but Facebook dates are malleable. You can change Facebook right. dates. And so you can't really use that as, it's just, it's it's interesting to me how much the digital age has changed things so that, A, people think they own anything, if you know, if you can see it, you own it and can do what you will with it, and be just like the the monetary value that is lost to people like this guy that lost out. Just he made this thing and they saw it and said, "And mine," and they made a shit ton of money on it. Right. Yeah. Um. One of the other big shiny robot dudes, Trent Hunsaker, he sent me a link to an episode of uh, Judge John Hodgman where they sort of talk about this same issue and mentioned some people on Twitter who would take like Patton Oswalt jokes and tweet them with no, with no source, no indication that it was an Oswalt joke and were getting like huge amounts of followers you know, to their websites and, and getting ad money and basically making careers and making a living off of stolen content and it's uh it's like that uh that guy his instagram was fuck jerry and there's another guy what's the other guy fat yeah, jewish the fat Jew. that's that's the guy um, they talk about yeah he almost got a tv deal out of stealing other people's content he had no original jokes he was just stealing shit from other people and he had a deal with abc and i think that hodgman episode came out and then it just built up momentum, and he lost his TV deal, thankfully. Yeah, it's like as as long as you and can be savvier than the other person, you can you can almost take anything. Well, there's there's tons of people that do that. Like, so I mentioned Fuck Jerry on Instagram, and I think they're on Twitter. All they do is just take other people's content and repost it if it's their own. I always people always ask me, "Oh, dude, do you follow Fuck Jerry? They're so funny." I'm like, they're not i see that shit on reddit like he's just taking stuff and reposting it and i mean the people on reddit are doing it too but they're not trying to monetize it and this guy is right well yeah there's there's a world of difference between like taking something that you find entertaining and sharing it with someone and just sort of neglecting to source it and like 
actively stealing something and claiming it as your own and trying to, you know, make money off of it. Right. And I feel like there's just, I don't know, in this internet, like age that we're living in, people just don't care or just don't quite understand or don't see the issue. So I had to have a conversation with a guy today. Um, he's doing a course and it's about, um, modeling stuff like 3d modeling and he does a little bit about three-point lighting and uh three-point lighting is just how you light interview subjects and different things and you do a key light um key light a fill light and oh my god my film studies professor is screaming at me right now um because you do you do a oh a backlight a backlight a key light and a fill light and um, this guy used a bunch of images from movies to show his point. And I mean, all the images make perfect sense and, but they're from huge movies from things like the Godfather and the Revenant and James Bond. And I'm like, dude, yeah, you can't, we can't put this on the website. Like we can't publish this course. These images we can't use. He's like, well, I mean, I need to, I can't like any, anytime I talk about three point lighting, it's going to have to come from, a movie like this and I was trying to find uh, images uh, I have a Shutterstock account that I go find images that are okayed for commercial use because um, we will purchase them through Shutterstock uh, when I do stuff for myself I can't afford to buy them so I'll use Creative Commons stuff where I can do you know Creative Commons you can do um, okay for um, modifying and reuse or okay for modifying and reuse with attribution or not okay for commercial use. Like there's a bunch of different versions of creative commons and you can find like music on SoundCloud. Um, that's what we use for the big shiny robot intro is, uh, there's a guy named Eric Skiff who's, um, got an album called resistors anthems and it's chip tunes. And he posted that up on creative commons and he okayed it for, reuse for commercial purposes without attribution which is like here's my shit use it for whatever you want and usually people want either no commercial use or they want attribution which i'm totally okay with like always saying this music is by eric skiff from his resistors anthems and uh but yeah so we get on shutterstock and i was looking and it's funny because i can see his trouble because trying to find images of three-point lighting google images and a lot of websites they don't understand that and they think you're looking for someone shooting a three-pointer in basketball or people in good lighting holding up three fingers or three people. Like, it was just focusing on three. And the guy I'm working with is not a non-native English speaker, so it's even harder. So I had to start looking for things differently and finding people imitating the Godfather or the Revenant. Like, so to find those shots or, like, finding models that have the correct lighting, it's, it's I think people are just like, well, I have this thing, and so I can download it and use it. Or I can, you know, I can take a screen grab of this movie and post it, and that's fine. And it's, I think it's just a lack of understanding that, well, technically, you don't own that. Um, this is a whole can of worms, but do you remember Clean yeah. Flicks? So, for those of you who don't know, Clean Fit Flicks was probably like, what, late right. 90s? And it was a um, video rental store. I think they were just in Utah and maybe Idaho and Arizona, maybe. Um, if they even spread that far, but basically they rented edited versions of movies. Um, specifically, and it was a Mormon specifically company. R rated movies, right? 
Yeah, R-rated and PG-13. Because the Mormon Church doesn't allow their members, or it, whatever, free agency, you can watch what you want. But the Mormon Church uh, has counseled its members to not watch PG-13 and rated R movies. So this company was um, buying these movies like Blockbuster did and then editing all the swears and nudity out and all that stuff, which is illegal. And not only illegal, I think it's immoral because the director has a vision and you're altering that artistic vision with your made-up bullshit. And so there's a new company doing that um, called VidAngel and fuck VidAngel. So th- it's funny that they're doing this because they're, you know, nudity is bad and um, swears are bad. Saying fuck is bad, but violence is fine. But uh, they actually have a version of Deadpool, which don't ask me how they've edited this. But what you do is you buy the movie for $20 and then within 24 hours, you sell it back to them for 19. Right. Yeah. So it gets around those regulations that. Exactly. Because you own the movie for those 24 hours. So you buy it. And then within a few hours, they deliver it to you. You know, probably within a few seconds, they deliver it to you edited. But since you're the owner of the movie at that time, it's okay to have it edited. And you can choose different levels of editing. And then you sell it back to them. So it costs you a dollar to rent a movie and stream it, but you've got this edited version and they're, so they're finding this loophole around the law. And I just think it's incredibly immoral to do that. You're, you're taking this moral high ground that titties are bad and nobody should see titties, but you're using this very immoral loophole to get around the director's guild of America and copyright law. Right, yeah, it's it's, and it's just bizarre because, like, if you if you disagree with the content of something like Deadpool, like, I guess I guess I just I lost you there, Cass. I need you to repeat. Oh that. yeah, I was just saying it's it's just a bizarre sort of mentality. Like, if you disagree with the message or the content of a story, it makes more sense to me to just not solicit that story than to go like, oh well, I want this, but right. I want it completely different. Right, like that's, I mean, Deadpool's the perfect example, right? It's, it's, the whole point is like the filthiness right. of it, the ridiculous of it. Like he's vulgar and crass and dick jokes and jerking off uh, unicorns and things like that. And like trying to change that, you're not getting, you're not getting the point. Like you're not getting the artistic vision. You're not getting the character. It's, I just really don't understand the idea behind it. And it makes no sense to me. Yeah, but it goes back to the same mentality we've been talking about of like, well, but this is, this is owned by humanity. So I'm allowed to do what I want with it. Right. So I found another website and I'm not going to even say their name because fuck them, but it's, Here's an example of the editing they do. So it's the movie American Hustle. And when you have the filter enabled, you will not see substance abuse, mafia themes, over 150 instances of profanity, and numerous instances of sex and nudity. And it's uh, it's just mind-boggling to me. And I just... This is like a one that you have at home, which I remember I had friends growing up who had the ones that you have at home, and it like scans ahead and edits the movie for you. 
and I want to find. I'm. I'm just gonna assume that these people are also based in Utah. Because Why else would you do it? They all. They all tend to be. They always end up being from here. Yeah, their <laughs> their customer service is based in Mountain Time. So there's hint yeah, number one. If they're one. not based in Utah, their customer base is. Yeah, it's just. It pisses me off so bad. This is one of the things. Um, if you want to see a lot about this, there's a documentary called Clean Flicks. Um, the trailer's on YouTube. I don't know if the film is. Let me see. Let me look up Can You Stream It, which is one of my favorite websites because anytime I want to find something online, I just look on Can You Stream It, which is totally the wrong URL. So don't go to that one. I'm gonna have to find the right one. Damn it! That's canistream.it. Canistream.it is way better. Cleanflix with an X should have been three. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's streaming. You may have to look on YouTube for it. Um, I know it was on Netflix back in the day. Um, and usually they'll show like notify me when it's on. These services man that's really disappointing i'm gonna have to do some research when we're not on the air to see if i can find um see if i can find this you can buy it on amazon.com um you know speaking of edited movies it reminds me of some other things that i've encountered online um like people doing their own edits of movies um i think i saw like someone took um, like the Hobbit movies or the Lord of the Rings and like cut them together into. Right. Uh, Topher Grace has his famous uh, Star Wars edit that'll never right. see the light of day. And it's, you know, I find myself sort of being guilty of the same thing because there's a, a part of me that really likes the idea of doing that. That likes the idea of like where we live in a world where everyone has access and the technology and the tools to sort of make their own versions of things. And um, right. But sort of to what you're saying is like it's 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 not your right to take, you know, like like Star Wars specifically, you could feasibly take the Star Wars movies and edit them back to their original states. There's a lot of people sort of clamoring for the original releases, and you could you could feasibly right. with the tools that we all have at our disposal create that. But if the creator, as he's been very vocal about, doesn't want that to be available to people then do you have the right to do that yeah and it's it that's the thing is the artistic vision so i will uh, so clean flicks is available on uh youtube or google play for four dollars if you can you should really watch it because there's some great interviews with people like in the director's guild of america talking about their reasons like you know the director made this movie the writers made this movie and it's that way for a reason and changing that you're not getting the message you're not getting the artistic intent and i don't know i i completely agree with them um you know i'm not saying anybody has to agree with me but it's it's i feel strongly that that's the way it should be i don't like the editing of things i don't like the censorship of things i think it's ridiculous um i'll have to drop a link to this on I will put a link in the show notes to Cassidy's image on Imager and to the Clean Flicks documentary. Because, um, yeah, it's it's a really good show. Uh, it came out years ago. 
and it was it's funny because so uh all the guys that started this company i think the guy that started it ended up going to prison for uh soliciting a minor whoa i mean isn't that isn't that always the way it's always like right people that that make the most fuss about being moral that have shady stuff going on in the backgrounds yeah, uh, in the documentary, he was he talks about he was bringing girls into the into his shop uh, when they're underage and getting them drunk. And uh, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. And it's it makes me interested. Uh, currently in Utah, there's a legislator named Todd Weiler who is first he did a they did a resolution that porn is a public health crisis, and now they want to make uh, receiving porn on the internet at all opt in, which tells me two things is one that he doesn't understand the internet or two he's just trying to keep his name in the news for his constituency because there's no way he's that stupid he has the media savvy that he knows that's not how it works like he he goes on the x96's morning show and is buddies with them and he just spends he i mean he spends half his day trolling people on twitter like to me he just seems like a giant piece of shit because that's how he spends his time but that's just me well, we certainly don't have any bigger problems in Utah than porn addiction. Right. It's not like we can, you know, not go outside sometimes in the winter because the air right. is so bad. Right. It's it's ridiculous. Um, so that, that's about all I have. Do you have anything else, Cass, you want to say about internet and ownership of things? Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, it's just, you know, it's this weird nebulous thing that I don't know that there's really a, an easy answer to. Yeah, it's it's just, I don't know. Thanks, Daisy. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's just an education thing, but I don't think it's a thing that can really stop. I think it's so far gone that there's no way it's going to end. And I don't think, like, you know, DMCA notices and things. It's just, it's a never ending thing. Like the way torrent site works, the, you know, rehosting all that. I just think it's, it's more of a, an understanding thing that we'll have to teach people than something that you can try to stop through laws and legislation. Right. I think ultimately we'll all, you know, basically creators are going to have to learn to adapt to the world that we have now because putting the genie back in the bottle just isn't possible. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, with that, we'll end this episode of Two Shots. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Cassidy. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. And uh, make sure you guys check out Cassidy's writing on Big Shiny Robot. He's under Neverbot. And check out his uh, his Twitter handle. Go give him a follow, at Cassidy Ward. And um, we'll see you back next week for something else. And enjoy this song by my friends Tiger Fang that they have so graciously allowed me the use of. Thanks for listening to the Two Shots Podcast. If you like what you've been listening to, please go to iTunes, leave a rating or review or whatever app you're using to download the show. Also, make sure you listen to all the Podcast Tuesday people. Uh, that would be Two Shots, Big Shiny Robot Podcast, Copy All Delete Podcast, and Through Being Cool Podcast. Also, check out the Hello Sweetie Podcast. They release on Wednesdays usually, so they don't count. If you want to hear something specific or you want to give feedback, send an email to twoshotspodcast at gmail.com or send a tweet uh, to Two Shots Podcast on Twitter.